It really is. I'm glad to see you. I hope you slept good. Amen. Some of y'all are thinking, what's that? Come <clears throat> on. If you're going to sleep good, you got to go to bed a little earlier. Get off your Netflix. I have a wife. My wife the other night stayed up, and I went to bed earlier than she did, and I woke up the next day. <clears throat> she said, I said, what time did you go to bed? She goes, I think she said 1.15. Y'all understand that's late for me? You say 1.15, and my eyeballs will shut right now. You understand? <laughs> so I told her, I said, so you can't get out. Well, she had a meeting Saturday morning, so I let her sleep, and I was in there reading, doing something, and I walked in the bedroom, I said, it's after 10. And she woke up because she had a meeting at 11, and she went, what? And I went, what time did you get, go to bed? She goes, I don't know, 1.15. Then we started talking later on in the day. And I said, so what was the movie? She remembered the movie, but she didn't remember the ending. She'll see what, so, she, so she watched the ending again. What is this? You're going to stay up to 1.15 and don't run. And let me tell you how silly the movie is. Women, you know me. I'm talking about you right now. It's a Hallmark movie. You already know the end, and you know the, you know the end from the beginning. Are you women clapping? Shame on you. God bless it. Help me, Jesus. At the fair so far, Randy and the Set Free Ministry has led 100 people to the Lord. Stand up and give the Lord a hand clap. A hundred people. That is, you know, it's not my deal to, to judge whether they meant it or not. The point is, God knows how to discern every bit of that. The point is, you can't keep a good evangelist down. I'm in it. He's a wild man. Uh, he can lead a tick to Jesus. <laughs> then they'll quit biting everybody. Come on, somebody. Oh, they won't, the bite won't be as hard. Amen. I'm going to talk to you today about <clears throat> the ad to venture. The ad to venture. There's an ad to venture. We're all venturing something. We're all venturing somewhere. Some of you are on your own venture. Say, my venture. The problem with that is you get your outcome. The problem with that is you get your difficulty. The problem with that is you get your consequence. And if there is any glory, you get that too. You know, because sometimes it does look like you're doing a God thing, even though it's driven by your soul. But we're all on a venture, and we need to be having something that adds to the venture. Because it's going to add to the venture. The ad to venture. So tell me, what was your last ad? I think about ad, I always think about it in tennis. When you get to do, you go add out. Add in, add out, add out, deuce, whatever. But you never keep score anymore. It's just add in or add out. I meet many people in the faith, and most can only talk about ancient ads. <laughs> Y'all missed that, didn't you? That's all right. I know you're going to wake up in a minute. <clears throat> if you will, here with these little boys with me, and I'm watching them try. I want to do everything. I, want. I can't get all that down. You understand? <laughs> I'm afraid I'd hurt myself. Y'all don't know what I'm No, you, some of y'all don't know. You're not. But if you, I'd like to do all that. I don't know how they do their little bodies like that. And <laughs> Kaysen's up here doing all this weird stuff, and I love it. I just wished I could do it. I want to be young again just with them so I could do that. <clears throat> Ancient ads. Examples like 
Well, I've been to Mexico, Belize, Israel, America, Africa, etc. When, oh, when was that? Oh, well, that was many years ago. See, those are ancient ads. You, didn't, you hadn't added anything on to the venture you're in. See, I think of it like this. Every day is a venture. I haven't lived this day. You haven't lived this day. Quit waiting for Christmas to think there's an adventure. Every day is a brand new day you've never lived. What in heaven is going to happen? You know that most of you are thinking, no, it ain't that. It's what in hell is going to. No, what in heaven as believers is going to take place? How am I preparing God a landing strip? How am I preparing God a landing strip for him to manifest the next venture and for me to add to it? Or ads like, I used to teach at the church, clean, be on the hospital team, bus ministry. I say, what are you doing now? Well, you know, I got to let other people jump in. I'm resting now. I've been resting for the last 10 years. Really? You've been on planet Earth and you're not building the kingdom of God because he's using you? That's called add out. The add to venture starts the day you're born again. As soon as you're born again, you begin to add to the venture God begins you on through the cross. This is what defines adventure. Add, y'all are getting that, right? Adventure. We add by subtraction. That's a little tricky for you. Y'all didn't think I knew math that well, did you? (laughs) As the flesh is crucified daily, we make room to add to the venture. But you have to crucify the flesh or what you add is not God. It's not God. It's just something you like. As long as the flesh controls the ground of your ministry... You can add when it allows. See, the flesh, when, when the flesh controls you, you don't even pray about it. You just go, no, I'm not going to do that. You're not even waiting to hear God because your flesh has already determined what you're going to do and what you're not going to do. And then you will only be getting the glory. So it really, you're right, not to do it is the best thing. What have you added to your faith lately? Come on, try to stay awake long enough to hear a message. If it was at the fair, you'd be there at 1 o'clock, 1.30, 2.30, whenever they quit selling alcohol. Come on, somebody. Don't shout me down when I'm feeling good. And then somebody cart you out of there and you pray you don't get a DWI. That's not adding to your faith. Oh, it may be, but it's adding to consequence. I can tell you that. We got a policeman right over here. He's listening to me. You. Don't be turning around. You. <laughs> see? He'll sick him on you tonight, so be careful. <clears throat> What have you added to your faith lately? Come on, somebody help me. What have you added to your faith lately? Anybody added anything? Anybody? I'm going to give you a chance to say something. I don't have a mic for you, but it's okay. You don't need a mic. That's all right. They don't need a mic. Oh, that's excellent. Thank you. She reads her Bible more. That's adding to your faith. Daily prayer. If you're not praying, watch my niece says you're out to lunch and will always be out to lunch without prayer. More trust. Boy, you know what that comes through? Anybody know what that comes through? 
trials and tribulation. Come on, somebody. That's how trust develops. I don't know why we run from those things. They're a part of who we are. The Bible says so, but as a result, we're supposed to press in, not give up. In maturing in the faith, is there progression in your walk? Because, see, when you're adding on, you're progressing. Are you still doing the same things you did a year ago? Are you still getting mad the same way you did a year ago? Are you still just as inconsistent as you were a year ago? Are you still rebellious in the same things you were a year ago? Are you still angry and unforgiving in the same things you were a year ago? If you are, it's impossible to add because nothing can stick to that. If a branch is grafted into a tree, it will, it will in time begin to take on the produce of that, free, of that fruit tree that, it, that it's connected to. Isn't that right? Are you developing that kind of fruit? See, I hate to preach three points in a poem, and we don't do that in here. I kind of want to grow you up a little bit. I mean, I'm sorry that some of you that you don't read your Bible and you're thinking, what in the world is he talking about? Well, maybe if you get in your Bible enough and listen to the Holy Ghost, you'd know what I'm talking about a little bit. I don't want you to look at me like a calf at a new gate. I want you to learn that there's three parts of you, spirit, soul, and body. 1 Thessalonians 5.23, spirit, soul, and body. And if you don't know how to differentiate between those three, then there's one of those three leading you, and it's usually your soul directed by your flesh, and you manifest it in your body. But if you're filled with the Holy Ghost and you've been born again, then your spirit, man, is supposed to control you. I still am a firm believer in all of the things that we add to what we're doing that we leave out the most important thing when we're in trouble. And it's adding the Holy Ghost. It's adding the Word of God. It's adding prayer. It's adding fellowship. That's what bolsters your faith. Instead, we'll go many places to find out an answer that God has given 2,000 years ago. That's why our ventures are so boring and lifeless. Are you, do, are you developing that fruit of that tree called Jesus? I'm going on a vacation. In going on a vacation, you don't just participate in one event, do you? I mean, if you're my family, like Rachel or, or Emily, you are absolutely have got your vacation when you get there planned out. Well, even before you get there, where are you going to stop and get gas? You're going to have to stop here and go to the bathroom because that's where we have it planned. Now, I don't know how you work that out. <laughs> you don't use it here. You don't use it at all. Or you do one of them roadside stops. Even in a vacation, we plan better than how we're planning our walk in God, which is not even important. Yes, I like going on vacations, but it's not even important as near as important as the war. You're on a vacation today. You're on an experience today. You're involved in an adventure today. I want you to start looking every day like it's a brand new day because what is God up to today? And he's not trying to keep it from you. He's trying to show you. Our faith as we walk by the Spirit is never ending, is a never ending add to the venture. One reason so many believers are dysfunctional is they've stopped adding. You can tell when you've stopped adding. When somebody says 100 people get saved, we didn't shout like a roar. We didn't go crazy. We didn't say, My God, 100 people possibly have been snatched from hell. 
We don't understand that. We've lost it. We don't think salvation's that important anymore. We've grown religious like the rest of the denominational world and said, yeah, yeah, he did that. I surely couldn't do that. I'm afraid of that. How could you be afraid of that when it's not you that you're being sent? It's God in you being sent. Have you not read the life of Jesus? Have you not read the life of Paul or Peter? Do you understand? Nothing in their life was boring because they were constantly adding to their venture. I mean, just, have you not read the New Testament? If if you don't read anything else, go read the New Testament. I'm telling you, wherever Jesus went, something was happening. Wherever Paul went, there there was a revival or a riot. Am I the only one that reads the New Testament? There was a revival or a riot, but I'm telling you, Paul had an adventure, and he was adding to it. One time he was stoned until they thought he was dead, and his, the other disciples that he was with were standing around him going, yeah, it looks like he's dead. Doesn't say they reached down and helped him or comforted him. He rises up, goes back into the same city, and begins to minister again. My God, you know what we would have done, don't you? Where's that horse to run on? Even the world understands this concept. On almost everything we watch, there are ads. (laughs) What are their purpose? To entice us to buy things or go somewhere? When Jesus, when you add the things of the Bible that God is trying to add on to you, it will drive you to go somewhere. It will drive you to do something. Because you can't add on in the spirit. Now, when you add on in the flesh, it means nothing. It's just another ornament and another certificate you can put on your wall. We need to go somewhere. I just want to read this scripture. It's where I'm coming from today, 2 Peter 1, 3 through 10. I can pray this because his divine power has bestowed on us everything necessary for life and godliness through the rich knowledge of the one who called us by his own glory and excellence. Who is that? Thank you. Who is that? Say it again. Who is that? See, I think some of you hardly ever say that name, especially out of here because it's so embarrassing to, some, to many people. When you go to the, how many of you say, you know, I just want to bless you in Jesus' name at a grocery store? The counter, the person, the, the person who just checked you out, you got your groceries, and they say, hey, have a good one. What the heck is have a good one? Do they not know I might be going out to get drunk tonight? Have a good drink. I'm going to, by God. I bought two cases. <laughs> well, that's not true. I didn't. But the point is, I don't want to have a good one. Bless me. Speak the Spirit of God on me. Do you understand? If you were to, if you were to see Cindy, when I see Cindy, I just tell her, have a Jesus day. She gets it. That's what they need to hear. They don't need to hear like they hear from everybody else. They're going to tell you because they're limited what they can say, but you're not limited because you're not working for that H-E-B or Walmart or anybody else. you got freedom. Come on, somebody. you got freedom. That's what you have. That's why you can say those kind of things. That's how you go in unintimidated. You ought to be the intimidator. In the spirit realm, you're the intimidator. Quit walking around like you don't know how to venture because you're afraid to add on. Listen, We're serving. Get this. If we're playing a tennis match against the enemy, we're always serving. Why? Because we're never behind because he was defeated. We're always serving. That's all right. They didn't get it. 
Through these things he has bestowed on his precious and most magnificent promises, so that by means of what was promised you may become partakers. It says you may what? But you may what? Become. Okay, we'll get to that in a minute. Of the divine nature. After escaping the worldly corruption that is produced by evil desire. For this very reason, make every effort to add. Don't you love it? To add. Every effort. Now listen, I'm not talking to unbelievers. I'm talking to people that are destined for heaven. I'm talking to people that should know on social media they don't have to act like they don't have an identity because they're too busy adding to their faith. They're not looking for somebody in social media to give them their identity. Their identity has been found through the cross and established and written on the Lamb's Book of Life. That's who they are. That's who they know they are. We're not searching for somebody in the world to go, you're okay. No, I'm okay because he told me I was okay. I don't need your okay. You don't either. You're okay. I'm telling you, his unconditional love, you're okay. Now, that doesn't mean if you go out and act like a monkey, you're not going to have to climb in the trees because you are. But the truth is you don't have to do those kind of things because that's because you're adding the wrong things to your faith. And to your faith, excellence, to excellence, knowledge. To knowledge, self-control, to self-control, perseverance, to perseverance, goodness, godliness. To godliness, brotherly affection, to brotherly affection, unselfish love. For if these things are really yours, oh, I like that, and are continually increasing, now, are you hearing this add-on? This stuff is just full of growing up in the faith. If you're still doing last year's stuff, you're eating old manna, and it said if you keep manna too long, it has worms in it. Now, who's going to eat maggots? That's what you're doing. You're still eating last year's emotions. You're still unforgiving last year's 20-year-old goals. Some people are mad at people and don't even know why they're mad anymore. I'm telling you the truth, D-boy. They don't know why they're mad. They're just not going to talk to them anymore. Well, why are you mad? Well, 20 years ago, I don't know what he did, but I ain't forgot it. Well, what was it? I don't know. But I know I was still mad. For if these things are really yours and are continually increasing, they will keep you from becoming ineffective, I love this, and unproductive in your pursuit of knowing our Lord Jesus Christ more intimately. But concerning the one who lacks such things, he is blind. Say, that's not me. If, even if it is, claim it. That is to say, he is nearsighted since he has forgotten about the cleansing of his past sins. Therefore, brothers and sisters, make every effort to be sure of your calling and election, for by doing this, you will never stumble into sin. Wow. One, he talks about divine power. Therefore, the Holy Ghost the Spirit of the Father, the paraclete, the comforter. When you're born again, I want you to know the significance of, of this. I say this a lot in here. But when you get born again, the Spirit of God comes into you. And he connects to your dead spirit, therefore makes you alive. At that point in time, God now it has, the, has the home ham 
radio up in heaven, and now he can talk to you personally. You can get instruction. You can get encouragement. You can understand the things of God through the revelatory words that he's going to speak into your spirit. Without the spirit of God, you have no connection with God. Everybody understand that? That's the three parts. What do we have? Spirit, soul, and body. In your spirit, God, when, you were, when you're born again, God connects his spirit with your spirit. Now there is a relationship that you have to decide. And through every bit of the scripture I've been reading, it's all about growing and receiving and being real and adding. Is that what you're doing? Listen, I'm not talking for us to be able to walk around here and, and, and be arrogant and I'm talking about growing up into faith and, and looking at things not like other people look at them and looking at them like with our eyes through the Spirit. Stop always operating in our emotions. That is so easy to see when somebody is constantly overreacting and instead of seeking out the voice and the Spirit of God, we always rely on our emotions and we say, well, God is telling me. It has nothing to do with God when you're pitching a fit. <laughs> don't be telling me, well, you feel like this. The problem is, I don't, God doesn't care how you feel. He wants to know. He knows he can't speak to you. You can't hear when your feeler is jacked up. Tell me the last time you were so mad you could bite nails and God spoke to you. And if he did, it was more like, shut up. I'm just telling you the truth. I'm having fun today. I know you are. Number two, the life he talks about in these verses. I'm not going to go back and read every one of them, but he talks about the life. It's the Zoe life. You know, a while ago, Quentin was talking about love. Did y'all hear him in the offering, or was I the only one listening? He's talking about love. He's not talking about this soulish love. He's talking about this agape love that goes past anything that's connected to your flesh. And it doesn't make everything all right when somebody does you wrong, but it's like the Jesus kind of love that Jesus loves you with, that he loves you even though he allows you to go through consequences. He doesn't give up on you. Aren't you glad he doesn't give up on you? How many of you would have been dead in the water if he gave up on you? Every one of us. If you don't raise your hand, you don't even know. Life. The Zoe life. Therefore, an an eternal life that implements its abundancy now and the eternal, the Christ life. This is what we're supposed to be living in right now. The Christ life. We're filled with the Holy Ghost. Why do we go to meetings with family members during holidays and we act like we want to be cowed down and intimidated when we're the only, you are the life of the party. You're missing it. They're they're wondering, why are you so happy when you didn't even bring a case? You're not even sitting by the keg. You're not out smoking something. Why are they so happy? Because you're the life of the party. You You have the real life that exists. There's no other life like this. We have it in earthen vessels. We're on the venture. Are we adding? Don, I think you're adding. Three, magnificent promises. That's what they talked about in that scripture. Divine nature. 
it becomes a progression. Why? I want to look like Jesus. And if I'm adding to my faith, then all of what, how I used to act, all of these things that, that used to define me, you know when people see you coming, they go, watch out. He's, he's pretty cool, but he's got a bad temper. So whatever you say, walk on eggshells. Listen, I, if that's what somebody thought, I hope nobody ever thought of it. I'm sure they did somewhere, somewhere before I got born again. But even at that, because I just get born again doesn't mean I can't add to so I can subtract from. My flesh has to be dealt with. When does the Bible say you die daily? Oh, excuse me. <laughs> Your flesh has to be crucified when? daily because it's still going to rear up. It doesn't mean you've, you've lost your salvation. It just means the enemy wants to operate and control your flesh through your soul. The three parts I'm talking about. Four promises can only be applicable in the spirit. I hear people all the time say, God loves me and I love God. But then how come your life is not manifesting the glory of God? You can love God all you want to, but if you're not filled with the Holy Ghost, he doesn't have a relationship with you, so therefore the only glory that you're getting is something and you can manifest in the flesh and everybody has to pat you on the back and tell you how good you are. It's the truth. How many of you in here living on if somebody don't compliment you, you're going to have a bad day? Don't raise your hand, but there are several of you in here. If somebody doesn't tell me something good about me, if somebody doesn't tell me they love me, if somebody doesn't notice that I did this, 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 and this. If somebody can't figure out on the job, do they know how important I am? What if they don't? Hey, listen to this. What if they take you for granted? What if the teacher, young people up there at school, doesn't ever recognize you as being a good student, and they're always calling out the bad ones? You know what you can do? You can go be a bad one, because they'll always call out the bad ones. I've never figured out why we did that, why I did that. You never call out the good ones and tell them how great they are. You're always telling Junior over there to shut up and sit down. When we should have been doing what? Telling the good ones, great job, great job. Maybe Junior would have wanted a great job and learned how to act. Promises can only be given in the Spirit and received as well. Five, divine nature. Walking in the Spirit as we embrace the promises. That's what the divine nature is. It's walking in, 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 in this in the spirit as we practice the promises. I think many of us read the scripture and we really think that they're for heaven. We don't need the scripture in heaven. We're going to be walking with the living scripture in heaven. His name's Jesus. Are you with me? The divine nature, we're supposed to be manifesting this because we have such a heavenly view because of the ham operator in heaven that is connecting with us in the spirit. Now we can walk this thing out. Amen. Listen, our greatest opportunity is when we're in public. It's our greatest. It's our greatest to show no matter what the situation is, no matter how catastrophic no matter who it's happening to, it's not that we don't care and we're not robots, but we're constantly, even at that point, we're listening to the Spirit of God, knowing the promises are yes and amen, even in this crazy situation that seems like it's straight from hell, God says, peace be still. I got this. He's really saying like he did to Moses, stand still. Why? I'm going to show you my salvation. And always salvation in those situations doesn't mean to be saved. It means to be, it means revelation coming your way. I just don't think we sit long enough to hear from God. 
Do you not know that God knew it was going to happen before it happened? And he's going to give you the message as long as you won't operate in the flesh. You'll hear it and learn how to react and respond properly. Number six, escaping the corruption of the world. You'll only escape the corruption of the world by developing this divine nature. As long as you're giving way to your flesh, when push comes to shove, it's called compromise. Amen? We'll always do it. Why? Because we don't want to be ostracized. Hey, don't, don't you young people want everybody at school to like you? Well, the only way everybody at school can like you, truthfully, is for you to compromise your faith. Adults, on the job. The only time everybody is going to like you on your job is if you compromise your faith. And if you compromise it, you dilute it and pollute it. Therefore, its value is insignificant to those you thought you were going to reach. Do you know how hard it is to reach somebody after you fell in front of them to a degree that they thought you wouldn't? When talking about developing in the faith, we must separate from this progression in the flesh of being good. We can't be good. Having good manners. I'm being good today. Rose, I'm going to be good. All right? I'm not going to say anything bad about you right now. <laughs> now, Bruce, I would, but not you. I'm going to be good. I'm going to have good manners. Okay? I'm going to portray some etiquette. That's almost impossible for me, but I'm going to give it a whirl. Okay? See, that's what we think is something that's, and I hate this term because many use it in the faith and they act like it's such a great thing, but we're going to be positive. Well, I'd rather you be positive than negative, but positive is not what God calls. He wants to be scriptural. I'm going to be positive. Buster, I'm going to be positive. Make you feel good. You're a good-looking guy, man. Really. Nothing wrong with me. You're a good-looking guy. All right? I'm going to be positive today. You married a great-looking woman. Really, you married up, I promise. (laughs) We discern actions through our flesh instead of our spirit, don't we? Remember, your flesh is supposed to die daily. If not, it will control your soul and manifest through your body, and people will wonder, are they even saved? I'm not saying people haven't done that with me. When I'm talking to you, I'm talking to me. I know the things that I do. At home is the most difficult place to live your faith. Is it not? Oh, my gosh, everybody knows you, and you know everybody, and oh, man, sometimes that's the most difficult place. Do I know you? Yeah, I do, and why are you acting like that? I can go off on that. Believers must, be, must become. We talked about that word just a while ago. We must become. And to become is a challenge of progression. As much as I appreciate your faith in here, I can watch you and, and I can learn from you, but for me to become somebody that God's called to a certain task in this faith, I'm going to have to take on this project between me and God. You can encourage me. I can encourage you, but I'm not going to ride your coattails as you grow than I grow. No, it's going to have to be because we're we're all growing at different rates and we're all growing to do different things. It's a sad thing that I think many of us are not going to fulfill what God has had for us because in this season, what if you're not doing what he's called you to do? You're surely not going to be doing it the next season. You're supposed to be adding to your ministry to the day you die, to the day you can't. You're supposed to be adding to something different 
something special. God's, if you're still alive and capable, God has not called you to be a, an observer, but a participator. Believers must become. In other words, there's a progression to our development. It is not a try harder, get better. It is learning and then operating in the Zoe life we've been given. I'm going to try harder. Quit trying, give up, quit, start trusting. Amen. Quit trying. So many in the faith. You come up and say, I just need to try harder. Well, you tried harder 5,022,000 times. Has it helped? No, but I'm going to try harder again. It's not helping you. Give up and trust. Amen? Amen. It is living in and through the revelations we receive in our spirit from God. When's the last time you heard God speak? When's the last time you got in a situation to make a decision about your marriage, your business, your job, going somewhere in a tight situation, in, a, in something that's difficult, and instead of you relying upon what you've always relied upon, your own thoughts, you literally said, wait a minute, I got to hear from God here. I got to hear from God here. See, if you're not hearing from God, you can't add on. You got to add to the venture. And the greatest and only way that you can is through the Spirit of God connecting with your spirit. And then what you feed your spirit, then you can add on in situations. I believe in many ways, doctors and hospitals and all that can help us. I do. I really do. But I think the least used force in the universe, is God. He's the last we call on. Because when we've called on everything else, then we call on him. We get a report from anything other than God, and it's, it's a horrible report. We just think God's already failed. Why go to him? If he was really God, why we allow this to happen? I don't understand all these things. But I'm telling you, I still trust God in the midst of them. When it's crazy, I'm not going to trust another entity that says, do this and it'll be okay. No, it won't be okay. It, the problem is still there. We're just masking it. Add to your faith. How? What? When? Faith? What if you don't have any? Y'all ever feel faithless? Me, I feel faithless sometimes. Sometimes in the midst of all this stuff I've read and what I know and the Bible I read and the things I do, and it doesn't matter where you go and what you do, sometimes you're just so attacked you feel faithless. You just feel like, all right, let me bend with the wind a little bit, set my face like flint and somehow cut through this till I get to the other side. Well, here's what it says in the Bible, Luke 17, 5, and the apostles said unto the Lord, increase our faith. My God, if you don't know how to do anything, oh God, increase my faith. But remember, when you ask him to increase your faith, you're going to increase many things around your life to separate you from something that's unfaithful. I want you to get that. Increase my faith, okay? Then he's going to separate you from the unfaithful things in your life, and he's going to push you over to the faithful. Because you ask him. So it makes you think, well, I don't know if I'm going to ever ask him that again. I do ask him, although because those things may be painful, there are things that are driving me away and stopping my progression in the faith. One of the main issues we struggle with is we struggle finding faith. We do. I think many believe that it originates in our trying, crying, and speaking. 
I'm going to speak those things that be not as though they are, and you don't have a lick of faith. I'm going to cast out every demon in hell when you know that you're, what, what you're saying you don't even believe. I'm going to bind every demon. I, and, and I'm not saying those prayers are wrong, but I'm saying that you don't even believe them when you're saying them because you don't have the faith of a grain of a mustard seed. You know you don't when you're saying them. You've looked at your past and it resembles your presence. So how could anything change in the future? There has to be an add-on to the venture. And the add-on to the venture has to come from the fact that you're connected to his spirit and you know that. And he is not trying to be silent. He's trying to speak more than you're trying to listen. He wants you to hear at any age that you are right now. And if you can be productive to build the kingdom of God, he wants to... He wants to use you. I mean, he wants not to abuse you. He wants to use you to build his kingdom wherever he places you. Ephesians 2, 8 and 10 says, see, I'm telling you right now, we can't add anything to our venture if we don't have faith. Now, I want you to get this. You got faith? It's hard to have faith. You're listening to a message like this and you hadn't read your Bible in six months. I was thinking about the other day when I was getting in my car yesterday, I had a truck, I had to take it around the back and unload a mower. And I was thinking, I used to hear preachers say, you got faith to get into a car and turn the key. I don't have any faith for that. I know I've got a good battery. I know I have a key in my hand. This doesn't take faith to do that. You, you understand what I'm saying? People used to say, you have more faith. No, I don't have any faith. That's easy. That's nothing faith. Nothing else. I can push my car back there. There's no faith in any of that. Faith is believing in something you can't see. Faith is trusting in something that looks impossible to believe in a possible God. It's put you in. You, have you ever thought about this? That he's placed you in these impossible situations to call those things that be not as though they are, not because of your faithlessness, but because of your faith. And you do believe. And you've walked through some ventures, so he's adding too. Why has he called you to that situation? Why didn't he call George? Because he wasn't going to work with George on that situation. He chose you. We always wonder, how come he didn't call him? Because he called you. Because he wanted to grow you up. He wanted to add to your venture. He wanted to give you a story about how good he is, how awesome he is. because he knew George wasn't ready for it. He's not going to put more on you than you can stand. I think that's somewhere in the scripture. That's what we all know when we cop out, ain't it? He said he put no more on me. I can't stand it. I know you're in your flesh. That's what he's trying to do. Vice down on that flesh. Squeeze it till it screams out. I quit. He goes, now I can work. <laughs> the truth. Ephesians 2, 8 and 10 says this. For it is by grace you have been saved through what? Faith. Say it again. Faith. Say it again. Faith. We're going to get some. Say it again. Faith. I don't think we're in unison. And this is not from your... What? Terry, I've been working on myself. I've been trying to get myself faithful. But there's a... Give up. She didn't tell me. Why didn't you say try harder? I've been trying harder, Matt, to get my faith. But it says right here in the scripture that the Bible that I believe in completely in its totality 
It says, my faith is not of who? I told you to quit. You're going to go out of church today. I'm not telling you to give up Jesus. I'm talking to the Facebook. I'm not telling you to give up Jesus. So don't, don't get that. I like talking to y'all sometimes. How you doing? Everything all right? It's a little commercial. If you're not saved, believe in Jesus. You can't go any further. I have to preach. Talk to you in a minute. This is fun. I think it's silly, isn't it? Look at here. Look at here. See, look. You depend upon yourself too much. Stop it. Stop it. That's why you quit. You know that's where depression comes from? I'm going to preach right now. I'm going to set some people free. You know why you're so whacked out in your mind? Because you keep thinking yourself has got to take care of everything. Trina, I want to set you free from the headaches right now in the name of Jesus. Quit thinking you've got to control the universe. You don't. And many, it's not just Trina, many women like that go through stress because they've got so many things going on when you've got young people. Nancy, you've got so many kids running around. I mean, you, you seem like you've got to do it all. You don't. Quit depending upon yourself. It says right here, you've got a Jesus that's going to give you the faith that you need to handle the situation you're in without going bonkers. That's for everybody in here. Listen, I'm trying to help somebody in here. I know what it's like to, uh, well, I really don't, but I, I know what it's like to see my wife go through that. <laughs> Sorry, I've told the truth. Shame the devil, by God. Have headaches that are beyond, because why? She herself was going to control the universe. How does it feel to do that? Rose, you just try to control the universe. How does it work for you? Beat you to death. You don't even want to get up. Isn't it terrible? Some of you in here know what I'm talking about right now. It says right here, you need faith, right? Do you need faith? Do you need faith? Yes. Everybody in here needs a level of faith. Yes. Then you'll quit looking at things like, oh my God, but that chest piece didn't move far enough and that didn't move over here and I didn't get to do that. And I, I'm not telling you to give up life and let everything go to pot. I'm trying to tell you that the faith you need is not of yourself. It's of another world. Oh, you got to get this today. It's of another world. What is it of? It's not of yourself. But it is a gift from God. Listen, Christmas comes every day. I want you to hear me. John, Christmas comes every day. Melody, every day. Good to see you. Every day. Every day. Why? Because you get to open up this gift of faith. And if the day before it was added to, the gift's even bigger than it was the day before. Are you getting this? That's how how faith operates. Why? Because if it's of yourself, oh, good God, Don, help me. If it's of yourself, it's limited. Come on, I'm trying to help you. But it's not of you. It's a gift of God. Therefore, it has no limitations, no height, no length, no depth, no breadth. Whatever you decide to give in to God to, that's how it grows. That's faith. I got faith. I'm going to work on my faith. No, you're going to give in to the Holy Ghost so you can see your faith grow. 
If it's a gift from God, stay with me, Leticia. If it's a gift from God, therefore the Spirit of God can only connect with your spirit to grow your faith. If you're not born again, that's why you have no faith. And if you are born again, it's because you've learned to operate within yourself so long, and that's why you doubt and walk in depression and walk in confusion and deceit. It is. Quit doing things of yourself. Trust God. If we do not have faith, I could go on that verse going. If we do not have faith, we have nothing that we can add to. Faith comes from two sources. You ready? Your soul or your spirit. Before being born again, your soul can produce extreme amount of faith. Do you know that people build buildings without Jesus, Ruth? Don't they? They produce massive things on this planet through soulish faith. And they get their name put on the building. And they get the glory. I'm telling you, your soul is powerful. Even without God. Are you listening to me? I'm trying to help you today. I'm not trying to speak over you. I'm just trying to help you today. I love how some people listen to me and they're kind of looking at me like, we're the three stooges. <laughs> not y'all. It's, another, it's probably y'all. I'm not. <laughs> Let me move on here. Don't look at me and just smile. I wonder what he's talking about. I want you to know what I'm talking about. I want you to know that the reason why you struggle so much is you depend on you and you're not very dependable. You hear me, Jasmine? You're not very dependable. But the one inside of you, <laughs> I can count on. You know why I can count on Terry? No matter what I call him to do, if I tell him no, he can't do it. You know what he says? Yes, sir. You know why? Because I don't count on Terry. I count on the God in Terry. D-boy the same way. I don't have to count on D-boy. Why would I count on D-boy? Why would I count on me? I can't even count on me, D-boy. But who can I count on? the level of God I lose inside. Come on, somebody. I'm trying to help somebody in here. Quit counting on those around you and count on the God inside of them. I don't count on Emily Shaw, but I'll tell you what I do. She's loosed over there on that big building over there, and she's a bad girl. Why? I count on her because I never have to think about anything going on over there because she takes care of it. See, that's counting on the God inside of her. If I depended on her, she'd fail. And I'd put too much pressure on her, but I can't put too much pressure on her because I'm not depending on her. I hope y'all get this. I'm depending on the God inside of her. Your soul, it's a faith that manifests through the body. It's a faith without God. Self is its owner and self gets all the glory. Some people manifest this kind of faith with extreme egotism. And if you're not careful, it turns into narcissism and they're different. James 2, 23 and 24 says this. This shows us the full meaning of the scripture that says, Abraham believed God, and because of this faith, he was accepted as one who is right with God. Abraham was called a friend of God. So you see that people are made right with God by what they do. They cannot be made right by God with faith alone. <laughs> Hebrews eleven six says, and without faith it's impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Listen, this is all about us 
submitting our wills to God through the spirit that he's quickened us with. And then we just don't have faith that stands out here naked and alone, but it's adding to the things that God gives us revelation of. Are you getting this? Everybody getting this? Without faith, you can't add to anything. How many faithless people we have in here? Without faith, you can't add to anything. I can tell you any revelatory thing God gave me, and you'd go, "Uh uh-huh. Without faith, you can't, there's nothing to add to. That's why when we're talking about this word, this is just part one next year, next week, next year. Next week, I'm going to finish it. Sometimes I go so fast I can't catch me. Before we add to venture, we must have faith. We must be born again. Even faith to believe, it's a gift from God. Amen? Responding to the Holy Ghost. Each believer, according to the Word of God, is how we develop our faith. Do you have faith? How do you express your faith? I wonder how you express your faith. I wonder how you express your faith. The faith of the believer only responds to the Holy Ghost. Hmm. You looking down when I look at you? <laughs> I respond to the Holy Ghost. Faith is what we add to. Without faith, there's nothing to add to. This is the bottom line to Christianity. This is the thing that we add to. Without faith, you can't add anything of the Word of God, the promises of God. You can't do anything further without faith. And faith is even a gift from God. The source of your faith is always under attack. Everybody know that? It seems many believers vacillate depending on the situation. We cannot move from our soulish flesh and the faith given to us by God. We can't put those two together. When we try this, our faith becomes faulty and diluted with an alloy of the world that demands compromise. Isn't it true, Bruce? When you you cross over and try to pull your flesh in with with the God-given faith that you have, all of a sudden now, we try to make it look like it's holy, but we, even the people we're around know we've compromised. Second, 1 John 2, 15 through 17 says, Stop loving this evil world and all that it offers you. For when you love these things, you show that you do not really love God. For all these worldly things, these evil desires, the crave for sex, the ambition to buy everything that appeals to you, and the pride that comes from the wealth and importance, these are not from God. They are from this evil world itself. And this world is fading away. Somebody say fading away. And these, and these evil, forbidden things will go with it. But whoever keeps doing the will of God will live forever. Come on, somebody. John 16, 33. Put that up there already. And I have told you these things so that in me you might have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. So we can't leave you, can't leave you beat up with the first one. We got to tell you that Jesus was confronted just like you are. But he overcame. Now listen, what lives inside of you? Okay. I want you to get this. I know Jesus. Jesus can't step in each one of us. And that's a good name. And I love that name. It's the greatest name on heaven. But you know as well as I do, the Holy Ghost lives inside of you. And that's what connects 
Well, now, Jesus is responsible. He put blood on the mercy seat in heaven. It released the Holy Ghost so now that each believer can now have the power that raised Jesus from the dead. So we have no excuse not to add to our faith. We have no excuse not to have faith. Come on, somebody. Say amen. amen. The love we're talking about is the soulish love here. When it says don't love the world, listen, it's not the same thing. That comes from the desires of the flesh. In all the things loved from our soul have restrictions and performance as their rule. Isn't it true? Everything that you love with from your flesh always has restrictions and laws and guidelines and it always ends up being performance-based. Always. It always is. That's why people are so disappointed in you. Because they love you with the love of their flesh. They cannot love you in the spirit until they override their flesh. You know how you can override things on your computer? Sometimes you put things to block it, but you saw something a little pop-up you want to look at, so you go back into your computer, and you override that so you can look at that. And you wished you wouldn't have looked at it, because then there's a Holy Ghost in your intuition that says, why are you doing that? See, the Holy Ghost wants to rule your life, but it's not to hurt you, it's to build you. Huh? Jesus overcame the world by acting upon his faith through the love he has for the Father. What kind of love did he have for the Father? Agape, unconditional love for the Father. He's not talking about that kind of love when he says don't love the world. It's an unconditional love that we receive when we're born again. This agape love bolsters our faith. It's a love that gives the God answer even when it's unpopular. Doesn't mean you do it ugly. But if somebody says so, you know, I was listening to you talk, and I was just wondering, what do you think about abortion? Do you agree with abortion? I say, no, it's murder. I don't agree with abortion. I don't agree with same-sex marriage. Do I hate people that have had abortions? Are you kidding me? Jesus died for them. How can I hate them? I get the same spirit that loves them. I love them. Do I love people that get married to the same? I love everybody. Go out and act a fool. I'm still going to love you. And I hope you can see the kind of love that it really is to set you free from where you're going. That's what I want it to be. We can only overcome the world with this agape love. Why would we base our faith on things that are passing away? I don't get it. I'm going to get that new car. It's going to be the best car. People are going to go look at that car. But you know what that car is going to be in two years? You know how some of y'all drive. I got it. This is a huge area of difficulty for most believers. We love the world as if we are destined for its outcome. You want to know where the world's going? It's burning up. I'm not, I don't love the world like that. As I finish today, let's look at one more example of how we love from our soul, therefore the flesh, and it too, and it too diminishes our faith. Remember, before we can add to the venture, we must have a base of faith to connect with. Luke 14, 26, if any man come to me and hate not his father, his mother, his wife and children and brethren and sisters, yea, and his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. Isn't that a difficult verse? What do y'all think? Don't you think God's out of line writing that in there? Had you ever thought about that? I mean, come on, be honest. Have you not studied it enough to go, what was he thinking? He doesn't have to think, he does. So what was he writing down here? Here's what he was saying there. Don't love your family with soulish love. 
Are you following me? Don't, but love them out of the unconditional love that you've been given by the Holy Ghost. They don't need to be loved by conditional love. They need to be loved without performance. They need to be loved without... I'm not saying you don't have guidelines. I'm not saying, I'm not saying that. I'm telling you, don't love your children out of a soulish love that places a demand on them that you can't keep. That's what it's saying there. It's not saying hate your kids. It's saying don't love like that. I have a couple of sentences and I'm done. The truth of this passage is that we must hate loving our families with our soul. Therefore, the way, the way the world does. We must hate this wicked love that is so easily deceived and manipulated. Isn't it? That's why you don't want to love your kids like that. If you did, most of us would give up. That's why we get frustrated when we do. When we love from our soul, we will say yes when we should have said no. I want you to hear me, my last couple of sentences. We'll say yes when we should have said no, and we'll say no when we should have said yes. This is when we love from the soul. Revenge will be a part of this love, so that's what we'll teach our children. We will manipulate with this kind of love. We'll manipulate our children. So they will grow up and be manipulators. We will deceive, so we'll teach them how to deceive. A love that isn't driven by faith that we receive from the grace of God is love void of the presence of God. Did you get something today? Man, I feel like I'm going somewhere. I feel like I'm going somewhere. I feel like I'm really starting to realize about this thing called faith that it's not mine that I can conjure up or depend on, but it's faith that has been given to me, and now I can accelerate this faith, I can grow this faith by adding to the things that we'll talk about next Sunday. Grow your faith. It's not yours. It was a gift given to you. Get ready to expand your faith this week. Guard against your heart from things that you know that are not God. Stop the compromise, even though the truth you might give, hopefully it will be truth, and you'll do it in love, which means you do it, it, it doesn't mean you do it apologetically. It just means you stand for the word of God no matter what it costs you. So you're not in the group. Okay, I'm sorry. Jesus wasn't in the group. Everybody wants a revival. That's all we have to do. Grow your faith, and you won't have to try a revival. It will manifest in your life, and it will be contagious to those around you. Can't stop it. Is anybody in here not born again today? You never met Jesus. He's not your Lord and Savior. If you died today, you're not sure.